Welcome to the Recover Together podcast brought to you by Seven Oaks District Council. The aim of the podcast, if you haven't heard any of the previous episodes, is to highlight the challenges faced by both businesses and the voluntary sector, especially in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, and especially how some of these challenges might be overcome. Though, as you listen, in each episode, you'll hear from a different business and a voluntary sector, in each discussing their circumstances. Now, not all of it will be relevant to you, but the aim is that something from what is shared will be. And the plan of the podcast is to keep it fairly informal, and, but be mindful that the goal is to help share, spark thoughts, and in, ideally encourage collaboration. As to me, my name is Chris Murphy and I'll be your host. My day job is as the speaking mentor, where I help people give more engaging and effective presentations. But my role here is to host the podcast and make it easy for our guests. Think of me as being the local landlord in your pub, hosting an interesting, alcohol-free, informative chat. With that in mind, who are our guests this week? Well, I'm delighted to be joined by Chris Armstrong, who is a trustee of the Cottage Community, and Tony Clayton, who is a town and district councillor in Seven Oaks and also a freelance economist. So hello to you, Chris. Hi. And hello to you, Tony. Hi. Thank you for joining me. I, I know that from the chats that we've had just before we came on air that you both wear a few other hats as well. And I'll just run through a few of those now so people are aware of some of the other responsibilities and things that you do. Chris, you're also chair of the College of the Fellows of the Chartered Trading Standards Institute, and you also work as a handyman uh, for St. John's the Baptist Church. And Tony, you're also a trustee of the Stag Theatre and the Cinema and chair of Seven Oaks Rail Travellers Association and a member of Seven Oaks Town Partnership. Chris, if I can just come over to you first and just tell us a little bit about the cottage community so people understand what that is. Yep, well, it's a, uh, a drop-in centre in uh, Scratchers Lane at uh, West Kingsdown. And uh, under normal circumstances, it, we would uh, welcome up to 20 guests uh, who were brought in by minibus, given a bit of entertainment, uh, a lunch, and then taken home again, all for a, a very reasonable uh, charge. We also organized trips uh, for uh, our clients to some of the local venues uh, shopping centers all that sort of thing uh, and again they're fully escorted and our vehicles are equipped with uh, any specialist equipment we'd need like with the uh, vehicle access um, for, for wheelchairs etc and been doing very well at that for a while uh, but of course the covid things meant that the centers had to shut so we moved over to doing Meals on Wheels type service for those clients and others in the local area. And we also have at LinkedIn a second-hand shop, a charity shop in Swanley Town Centre. Okay, we'll come back to that in just a sec. Tony, how about yourself? Tell us a little bit more about your work as a councillor. Well, it's been quite strange over the lockdown uh, oh. because I haven't actually been to the council office since March. We had um, a meeting of the town council in March, essentially to uh, enable us to meet entirely by Zoom um, and to eff effectively give the town clerk the ability to do most of the things that would normally be done by committees if the committees couldn't meet. But in practice, we have, we have um, brought the committees together by, by Zoom, which was something I hadn't discovered before March. I hadn't heard of Zoom in March. Well, I seem to have spent most of the last Your life. <laughs> six months on it. And it's worked reasonably well. It's made the sort of personal interaction that you need to make a council run effectively harder because you 
you don't have the private conversations over coffee and the little chats over mm. how do we sort mm. this out. Um, it's, it means the whole thing is a bit more formal, which, which can give rise to misunderstandings and to friction. But the basic mechanics of the council continue to work very well. I mean, largely because our staff are extremely good. They've put a lot of effort into making sure things happened and that, you know, the parks got looked after and the, the planning applications got answered and um, you know, the money was looked after. And we had we have a big building project, which has carried on right through the whole um, lockdown. So the town council is going to come out of this in reasonable shape. The district council, which I'm also a member of, but not part of the organising group, is going to come out with a much bigger problem because they've lost about three to four million pounds in car parking revenue. And and the Stag Theatre, of which I am a trustee, has, of course, lost all of its revenue, mm. all of its income um, since March, which is a shame because it was doing pretty well up to the end of March. It was it was pretty well breaking even. And I think the, I mean, the county council have been come out with a statement last week about services they are not going to be able to reopen. Mm. All the libraries that have been closed will stay closed. One thing that, that came out from previous episodes is those those unexpected knock-on effects. And as you said there about the three to four million hole in the finances from, from car parking, I never would have thought that. There's, there's almost like, oh, it's nice that the roads are clearer, there's less congestion, etc., which mm. is good for the environment and good for people out walking. Sticking with you for the moment, Tony, is the, is the only obvious solution to that, to, to cut services, or are there, there are other possible solutions that are being considered? Well, I, th- I think the Sunex District Council will probably get away without having to cut services immediately. I, mean, I think it will probably limit some of the things that they would otherwise have done because they're in reasonable financial shape and they've mm. got a bit of a buffer. Um, but you know they have it depends partly how fast um, business as usual uh, recovers and I mean in some sense we don't actually want business as usual to recover we'd like to keep some of the environmental gains and the clearer streets and the the, the collaborative community stuff that's going on at the moment about 25% of Sydney district council's income comes from car park revenue wow almost entirely in seven oaks town but i I, there's almost that tension from what you said it would be lovely to keep the clear streets the environmental impacts in terms of reduced emissions and so on but you i suppose you can't have it both ways you can't have no no cars and car parking money coming in so we'll come back to that people are thinking in in seven oaks now about how you can get some of the gains from getting the cars to go a bit slower and keeping some of the streets a bit clearer Mm. and you don't have to drive up seven oaks high street in order to get into the council's car park for example so you know how do you make it more pleasant to shop without pushing cars down the high street you know that's all feasible and that's that's the sort of stuff that people are starting to think about much more creatively now than they did before it's given people an opportunity to see a different way of living that's it and, and we'll come back to the, some of the other opportunities or some of the, the good things that have come from this in allowing people to see other possible futures with regards to yourself chris some of the things that tony just touched on there about having these unexpected problems and also having to pivot obviously you said that you've suddenly gone to this meals on wheels service how did that happen and how did you instigate that Tell us right a bit yes more. It, it um well obviously from the staff point of view um we have a, a number of staff obviously at the, the center some of which were furloughed some decided to our volunteers and decided that they it wasn't for them we have a obviously have a a, a cook and she's prepared all the meals uh, it, it really started off because all the golf clubs 
uh, all the various, uh, not shops, but various uh, associations round about said, oh, we've got freezers full of meat and all sorts of food. We can't use them anymore. Golf clubs are shut, were shut and all the rest of it. Can you use it? And they said, well, yes, we can, you know. Um, and it started off with 15 or 20 of our clients who would have a meal delivered to them. And that word gets round uh, and they've not really advertised it a great deal. Uh, and some days we do something like up to 40 meals a day. That's a two course lunch. Uh, and then you can get a uh, an afternoon or tea pack in a bag of sandwiches and cakes, things like that. And it just blossomed from there. So we've been very fortunate to keep going because uh, I was, earlier this morning, I was listening to a podcast by uh, the leader of uh, Kent County Council and they're explaining how they're going to try and support the voluntary sector mm. from now on in. Tony's just said the councils are really up against it and Kent County Council's got a massive deficit, if you like, at the moment. They're, they're using reserves. but uh, So it's all going to be a bit up and down, but we've used the time. Uh, I have a, <laughs> I have a, a, a fortunate to have a lot of friends around here and they've given their time doing <clears throat> all sorts of things for both the cottage and for the church. A, a couple of questions just with what you were saying there Chris obviously things started with regards to the generosity of the golf clubs and other shops and things yep. that had food in their freezer how are you then obviously that food will have run out to an extent I'm guessing is it through the income from the people you're delivering the meals to that is maintaining that or is there the the cost of that coming from somewhere else we mm -hmm. are getting people turning up with all sorts of things from oh I've just cleared my house out and here's the best bits can you sell them in your shop uh, so the, the, the cottage itself is filling up with stuff to supply the shop because we can't, you know, there isn't room to stick it. And we're getting some really wonderful secondhand gear. Mm -hmm. uh, but on the food side, people are still donating. But, you know, it's been financed by, although it's only a, a, literally a five at a time, that will buy quite a lot of food to be cooked and still maintain, uh, you know, a, a turnover. We're not mm -hmm. making fortunes or anything like that, but it's... Uh, as I say, for, for five quid, uh, a, a hot meal and a dessert, and it's lovely mm. stuff. I've tried some of it myself. <laughs> yeah, it, it, well, you can't, I, I mean, you're delivering these things to, to people, and you, well, that smells good. So have, have some of that. And the chef, what, what's on today? Coming back over to you, Tony, where you said, with respect to the council, things obviously changed as lockdown hit. I'm just wondering whether the agenda has changed behind the scenes in terms of the responsibilities of the council and the, the new demands that were placed on them or whether things sort of found a level fairly quickly and things have been able to progress. What was well, there? Right at the beginning, uh, we realised that the charities in Sevenoaks would need support. So mm -hmm. we basically, we, get, we put all our grant money, which goes to various organisations in the town into a single pot and said, you know, priority is going to be given to organisations that help uh, community resilience. So that went to the Lockdown Larder, it went to the Hygiene Bank, it went to the Citizens Advice Bureau, who were trying to advise people how to cope. It went to counselling services, and it went to people who were trying to help uh, mums with young children. Now, the people who need help, who weren't, who might not be able to get it, essentially got priority on our grant schedule mm -hmm. and we 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 were quite surprised actually that um we we gave out some 
grants early on to get these organisations started, particularly the Lockdown Larder and the Hygiene Bank. And they then went out and got other sources of input and help from businesses and, and from fundraising. One or two of them came back to us, but most of them didn't. You know, they actually just went away and used the seed money weeds the council had given them to get on with things. Wow. Certainly from the other episodes that we've recorded, that, that resilience and that innovative thinking of being able to, to set these things up has come through very, very strongly. I'm mm. interested in terms of the things that you've mentioned there with regards to collaboration, which is a core of the whole point of the, the podcast is to bring out particular stories. And I just wondered if there's any stories that you can think of that particularly spring to mind in terms of that innovation or people being able to, to form collaborations that weren't necessarily there before, which ultimately going forward may pay dividends. I mean, one of the big, one of the biggest threats that we had in Seven Oaks was the, was the closure of Stag, our theatre. It's an old cinema, which was turned into a theatre plus two cinemas um, about 30 years ago. Um, and of course it lost all of its income. It has no assets because the theatre actually belongs to the district council. The organisation has managed to mobilise quite a lot of support across the community. Um, it's managed to you know, it's come to a, a deal with the town council on how it will be supported, conditional at the moment, on its own fundraising. So the town council is currently match funding um, the, the donations that come to it from the community and that produced enough money to keep the thing afloat certainly till after Christmas mm. um, and there was a really great thing that happened in the summer um, the the guy who organizes our pantomime every year um, put on a series of concerts mainly with contacts that he and the theatre had and the local people had we had people from Ronnie Scott's. We had, you know, people doing really good stuff, wow. good jazz and uh, other stuff on the town. And, in the, and people, you know, we got, I think on the last Saturday, which was um, two weeks ago, we got nearly 500 people to a concert uh, in the town centre. And they all chipped in and we've raised quite a lot of money to keep the, keep the theatre going. And it's, and it's sort of generated a community of um, volunteers, again, quite a big group of volunteers uh, of conference of, 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 of concert goers and of performers who are interested in keeping the place going. That social side, I think it's been one of the things that has been quite surprising to yeah. come out from this. Certainly just taking my local street, we knew most of the people in our street, but we've kind of all come out, almost had our socially distanced drinks and our street quizzes and so on and so forth. So mm -hmm. that that's been a real bonus i'm i'm just thinking the irony of that with you chris is the service that you provide provided before one of the benefits i guess of it was that sociable aspect it wasn't just the food it was the ability to get out to, to have yeah. some normality reminisce whatever it be I, i'm guessing for your your users of your service that's gone to an extent and it's only in that face-to-face -face contact is it with the drivers when they deliver well yes yeah yes the the, the um uh, i've i've been doing some of these delivery deliveries myself uh, as i said where where the bigger vans can't get in uh, and to meet these some of these people uh if they're in a a, a flat where they're partially disabled or whatever uh, and one lady particular uh, she i had to wake her up obviously ring the bell several times uh, and she oh i'm sorry as so i climb up the stairs to see her and she said uh, oh she said uh, I've, I've been in locked in this place for six months or whatever it is now 
um, uh, and uh, you know the only time I see people is like you when you deliver or someone else does uh, I said so you know and you you want to talk they want to talk to you and you want to talk to them uh, and they say uh, you know so you've got uh, some family around oh yes or they come over you know sort of a couple of times a week and all the rest of it but all the rest of the time uh, and you just think oh they really are in a you know a terrible plight uh, and they're stuck at the they have lifts but they're stuck at the top of a mm. only a three or four story um, f flats it's really hard for them to get in and out and you know they're not mobile so in that way it's brought a lot of goodness out in people and for people as you look ahead to the next six months or so and a year as, or as far as you can see in the future with regards to how things are what what do you see changing within your respective sectors now chris if i just came to you first with regards to the cottage community what's um, what's your forward planning looking like well our forward planning uh, as far as uh, as far as you can is obviously uh, to keep the uh, the shop turning over more and more money not by increasing prices slightly the the working arrangements are now very good because mm -hmm. they've been managed uh, better um and uh, if we could if we could get some other premises that were you know uh, cheaper or persuade our landlord to reduce the you know their costs that would be that would be one thing <clears throat> but as far as a cottage is concerned um there, there are a, a number of uh, grants through local authorities, uh, Dartford Council, so obviously Seven Oaks Council, uh, District and Town Council, and Kent County Council uh, have been a main. Kent County Council have been a main sponsor or grant giver uh, to the, the voluntary sector. But there are, I've got a list somewhere here, uh, and I, one of the things I've taken on board for for them is to contact as many uh, of these uh, available funds as i can well the, my question was to you chris with regards to thinking about other charities and other yeah. sectors within need right. where, where have you found this information is that just from googling around or are there any other sites that you've discovered uh, it, yes uh, but it's mainly through the uh, the local voluntary uh, services voluntary um yes and the the lady at seven oaks uh, council jenny is uh, absolutely wonderful of feeding mm. all these uh, connections in mm. to us uh, and helps people she's uh, she's wonderful ever since we got logged on with a v is it called the vsu voluntary sector unit yes could be uh, um and it's sort of coming out of the woodwork that's brilliant. Thanks for that, Chris. Tony, just over to you with regards to that forward planning. What's the where where, where are things sitting with you at the moment? And well, I, think, I mean, I think the, in terms of the way Seven Oaks works, we need to plan for the fact there's going to be more people in town all day for the next, you know, one year, two years, maybe maybe you know, ever, forever. That the trains are not going to be quite as full as they were, which may mean that my role as chairman of the Seven Oaks Rail Travellers Association is a bit redundant. From, I don't, commuters haven't got, they're no longer quite as sardine-like as they were. Um, but that means that there's people in town uh, and you know, they're spending money and they're, and they're doing things. And you know, they're not driving miles and they're not clogging up the road. So we could end up with a, with a more self-sustaining 
and less congested and less polluted town. That's what I would really like to see. And I think there are things we can do to make that happen. But we've got to make, if we want the town centre in Seven Oaks to survive, we've got to make it a nice place to be. And I think, and I think we can do that. There's a, one, of, one, of, one of my colleagues has done a really nice thing um, over the last six months. She set out um, at the beginning of the year to do a celebration of Seven Oaks as 900th anniversary as a market town. Mm-hmm. All right. 900th anniversary of Seven Oaks' first record as a market town. So she went around with a photographer who lives just around the corner from me. And uh, they photographed all the people who worked in the businesses in the high street, the shops and the theatre and the cinema and the lawyers and the hairdressers and the nail bars. And, you know, and they got 150 businesses with the, with the workers standing outside. It must have been all best, right. best part of a thousand people they photographed. And these are all the people who come into Seven Oaks. Most of them don't live in Seven Oaks, but they come into Seven Oaks every day and make the place work. Mm. Um, and then they've mounted an exhibition of all these photos and also the business the businesses who they couldn't photograph because the lockdown came and they've all been photographed shut so you've got this incredible contrast between buildings in the high street shut and the businesses in the high street with all the people standing outside you know ready to welcome you back essentially yeah yeah all right if you look at if you look if you go on the website and look for Seven Oaks 2020, just Seven Oaks 2020, you'll find you know, a selection of the photographs and, and some of the stories behind it. But it's a really good illustration of what we've got to think about. It's the town is its people. Mm-hmm. We tended to think of Seven Oaks as a nice historic town with lots of lovely listed buildings, and that's not what it is. It's a, it's the people mm-hmm. that make it that make the town. Yeah. It's what, you, it's what you say about the church. The church isn't the building, it's the people. Yeah. The town is just the same. And you've got to think about what is going to make life better for the people. And it's those yeah. those those relationships that have built up yeah. that weren't necessarily there before that or potentially have been strengthened as a result of this. I think is the for me, from the experience that I've had speaking to other people, is the real opportunity to take from this whole pandemic. Yeah going forward but it's 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 i guess it's how we do that and one thing i just wanted to just just to acutely aware of time just draw us to a close and just say thank you so much for for your time and input i think from reflecting on what's been shared the the things that have come up for me is these these other insights really in terms of your volunteers with regards to the, the plight almost of your your users and seeing some of the hardships that they're going through and wanting to change their lives now to kind of input and go and visit and help whereas i'm guessing they might not have seen that before when the users oh. came to the center and it's like oh they're here now we'll see them and then they go away you don't know what goes on out behind closed doors so to speak and i think that's been very interesting for me i think i think it's demonstrated the strength of local communities uh, so just to draw us to a close i just wanted to say thank you again to, to chris and to tony for their time and their thoughts today for those who are listening please do listen to all our episodes and the website address for that is anchor.fm and it's forward slash recover together. 
but the TO of together is replaced by the number two. So that's anchor.fm forward slash recover together. And you can find contact details for our guests there. And we'll be releasing weekly episodes on each Monday through September and October. So please have a listen to any previous ones that you've missed or there'll be a few more coming out. We'll probably have about seven or eight in total. And lastly, again, just a, my final thanks to Chris and to Tony for giving up their time today. I'm Chris Murphy saying goodbye. Thank you for your ears and I hope it's been helpful to you. Thanks again. <laughs>